Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. If you come on in and take a seat. Thank you for being here this morning. It's a very special Sunday. Uh, for two reasons today. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, where's, where is Rebecca Hughes and Evan? Stevie, could you get Rebecca Hughes in, please? Evan's on the sound desk. Our warmest congratulations to our newest engaged couple in Living Hope. Congratulations to the both of you. Uh, we pray that you find, uh, we pray that all of our young ones find Christian partners to marry, but it's a double bonus when our ladies find an Englishman as well. Like. <laughs> we have to say, congratulations to, uh, to Evan and Rebecca. Our, our second special announcement today is our 15th anniversary Woo! of Living Hope <laughs> Belfast. I have here, I have here in my hand, our church has a rich heritage and tradition uh, going back to the 1930s. Now I know some of you, no some of you weren't there, just checking that out, <laughs> just looking around it says, I checked beforehand, but it's a very rich heritage and tradition that started out in Hopeton Street and went to Bethsham Tabernacle and now for the last 15 years we've been here was Living Hope and um, Today is as much about celebrating what God has done, but also looking to the future as well. Uh, because we know there are many, many churches that have had to close their doors. We are determined never to be one of those churches. We are determined to keep going in the future, I'm sure. Uh, we're gonna, the team are going to lead us in a song in a second. And the first photo that comes up is a photo of the first church at Houghton Street in the 1930s. And stuff, and I'm sure whenever they met together on the Sundays and prayed together and stuff, they probably never imagined that we would still be meeting together, worshiping God, reaching people uh, as we are today. So today's a celebration. We look forward uh, to everything that's going to happen today. We're going to hand over to the team now. See for the 
to follow Jesus for he has said that he will bring me It's running after me When my 
before the Lord's table this morning. Good morning, church. This morning, 15 years. That's 180 months. That's 782 weeks we have met around the table in this building. Now, I know part of that has been COVID, and part of it we met at home, but we still met around our Lord's table, 782 weeks. In this building, we have remembered at this table those 70, 782 weeks, what Christ did for us on the cross. But you know, if we were celebrating our wedding anniversary this morning, We'd be getting a piece of crystal for 15 years. And we'd think, oh, isn't that lovely? But you know what? There's something even more beautiful this morning and more magnificent this morning that we remember, that we celebrate than 15 years. If we look back over 100 years ago in 1912, a Methodist evangelist, George Bernard, wrote the first verse of the old rugged cross. He wrote this in response to ridicule that he had received at a revival meeting in January. Then in 1913, he finished that old hymn, Oh, the Old Rugged Cross. So over 100 years ago, they celebrated the, the cross. We celebrated this morning, 15 years in this building, the cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross 
till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it at, um, to bear it to dark Calvary. This morning, we not only thank God for 15 years, Bernard, um, George, he thanked over 100 years ago, but you know, over or just under 2,000 years ago, we thank God that we can come to this table this morning and remember that old rugged cross. The old rugged cross reminding your Savior was without sin, where he went to the cross for you and I, for our sin. And so this morning, we see how Jesus was ridiculed on the cross. We see how he was mocked. Just like George wrote his verse of the old rugged cross and couldn't finish it when he was ridiculed that day in a revival meeting. Because it tells us in Matthew 27, 27, then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the uh, peditorium and gathered the whole garrison around him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and they mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. You see, Jesus was mocked and ridiculed, but know this, that my King of Kings, my Lord and Lord, Lord of Lords, is still here. He's still with us. He's risen from the dead this morning, and we still remember him. So we just don't remember our 15 years this morning. We remember that what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We know that our Savior's death in that cross, that he is our mighty king, that he is our victorious king, that he is risen this morning. And so this morning, as we celebrate our 15 years, so we thank God that what he has given to us this morning, and that's why Paul could say in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 25, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so this morning, you have a little cup on your, on your chair. You just take the little wafer. If you don't know the Lord, maybe this morning you could come to that old rugged cross this morning. And this morning, we, we take that bread and we remember it this morning. And so, Father God, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus to the cross. That is why, Father God, we can remember the old rugged cross this morning. That is why for 15 years we can be in this building to celebrate your victory this morning, Lord God. We thank you for your broken body for us. And Father God, may we continue to remember you as you sent your son Jesus to the cross. Amen.
After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Father God, we thank you. Father God, when you were on the cross, we were on your mind. For the blood that was shed for each and every one of us, for our sins, Father God, this morning. Father God, help us to live a life that is pleasing for you. Father God, and thank you for dying on the cross, Father God, and for your blood being spilled for us. In your precious name, amen. Church, what we're going to do now as we carry on uh, celebrating 15 years is uh, the kids are going to come and they're going to take part in the service. Uh, the kids aren't just a part of what we do at Living Hope. Um, they're, they're very much who we are. Kids ministry is who we are. We do it on a Sunday. Um, we have mothers and toddlers on a Monday. We have um, kids church on a Thursday. Um, and so we do so much for kids because kids were precious to Christ and so they're precious to us as well. So the kids um, are going to do a song um, as part of the service. So I'm going to invite the kids up now. Thank you, Rebecca.
was not brilliant. Like, if you were at the waterfront, you'd be asking for an encore. That was amazing. That was amazing. Thank you so much to Rebecca and Jordan and all the kids' team for organizing that. That was absolutely fantastic. Can we show them some appreciation? Church, I just want to make a few things aware to you, and the first of which is that the celebration continues tonight. Tonight we are um, continuing our celebration, and we're doing that with some cake. Now, I know what you're thinking, but it wasn't on offer in Tesco, all right? We've paid full price, full whack, and went to a bakery and everything, so we'll have some cake to celebrate. We'll get your tea and coffee and cake on the way in as we continue to celebrate 15 years of Living Hope Belfast. So we invite you tonight to our 6.30 p.m. service. Um, we have coming up this week as well. Tomorrow is our refreshed lunch club. So it's in here at one o'clock. So if you're free for lunch at 1 p.m., then you're invited to come along and tend to have some worship, a word as well, and obviously free lunch. So you can't beat that on a Monday afternoon. So you're invited to come along tomorrow. It's also the final day to pay for the refreshed Christmas dinner if you're going to that. Um, so make sure you come down and get your seat on the bus and Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Um, again, 7.30, we have our Living Word Bible study. So Tim Bailey um, is going to be leading that. We invite you to come along and let's go deeper into God's Word together um, and, and study and get to know what it is that uh, God's Word has to say to us. So if you're a believer, then this should be of the utmost importance to you. Um, and, and Tim has a lot of knowledge to share and presents it in such a good way. So we really encourage you to come on Tuesday night to that. Next Sunday evening, we're, we're having a bit of a special service. We're gonna do the conversation again, um, similar to what Pastor Matt and uh, Tim did a few weeks ago. But this time, we're looking at faith and family. And so Pastor Matt and Athena are gonna be having the conversation conversation based around faith and family um, and so there's no two better people uh, to to kind of encourage us in that and so we we encourage you to come along and it's a great opportunity to invite people as well so yes next Sunday night 6 30 p.m. we have tickets um, on sale for all of our Christmas events that are coming up and they're at the info desk you can buy them we'll have the men's we'll have the ladies we'll have the church Christmas party um, so we encourage you to um, get those tickets at the info desk and make sure you're there on whichever night is relevant to you we invite you along to that and tonight as well we're starting to collect for our Christmas hampers um, you'll know that we give out food hampers to to bless people we give them out every Christmas uh, to families in need as well so we're beginning the collection for that and we're starting that tonight so if you have anything um, that's long dated or if you want to pick up anything when you're out shopping or maybe you can't get out and you just want to give a donation toward it whatever that looks like um, we encourage you to give toward that as we give out to others so you can give in the foyer for that as well there'll be a little um, there'll be a few buckets there where you can donate the food and again all of this information is available on at a glance it's a little leaflet that tells you what's happening throughout the month and the at a glance for December is available at the info desk as well church so I'm just going to invite Pastor Matt who's going to come and bring the word thank you church
Thank you. Just one extra announcement. Um, next Sunday morning is Pastor Reese and Rebecca's uh, We Baby Elias' dedication. Uh, so that's got to be next Sunday morning. Now, we're going to have a, a tea, a, a lunch after uh, in the youth hall, and they would like to invite everybody. Uh, so basically, if you're in church next Sunday and you would like to stay uh, for a bite to eat after the service, then you're all welcome uh, to do that. But obviously, this is a very special day uh, for them as we come to dedicate little Elias, and uh, they would love the church family to be part of everything uh, that's happening. So uh, that saves them being worried about who to invite or who not to invite. Everybody's invited. So, uh, <laughs> that'll stop some of them going. Have we got an invite? Yeah, I did. From the front. Here, everybody's invited next Sunday after church for this, uh, this special day. So, we're here. It's the 15th anniversary of, of Living Hope. Um, and ask God what it is he wanted me to share this morning because I wanted it to be something relevant to where we're at as a church. So at the beginning I shared with you that we're uh, ongoing from the church that started way back in the 1930s. Had a rich heritage and tradition that went through uh, Beth Shan and now into the church that we are now that's known as Living Hope. And I suppose we've come to a, a, what we call a milestone uh, and in life, uh, there are lots of milestones. Um, so I recently have celebrated a few milestones. And so last year, the special service of 20 years full-time here. This year, I was 50. It's hard to believe, I know. Adjust your glasses, okay? And also this year, celebrated 25 years of marriage. Uh, when you find, get to a certain point and you come to a milestone in life, you tend to take a moment to reflect, to look back, uh, but also to look forward. You look back to see how far you've come, to celebrate all the good things that have happened. Um, we tried in the photos to sort of encapsulate, it was just impossible. I think in the end, we were, we've 13,000 photos from the last 15 years. So you can imagine how difficult that was to try and plough through, to try and get uh, everything that has gone on. It's just there's so much that has gone on this last 15 years. But as you look back and you reflect, he says, you reflect on the lessons that you've learned, you reflect on the good things that happen. There's also a problem with milestones as well, because they can become millstones around your neck. Because... When you look backwards, sometimes it's easier just to stay where you were. You know, when people talk about the good old days and what it was like in the past and how great it was in the past, you Liverpool supporters know what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> uh, but we do it as, as, as people, we do it as church people. We do it lots as church people. It's the reason why so many churches do close down because they're constantly looking backwards. They're constantly thinking about the good old days and remembering everything that was and how great or when it was and not looking forward to seeing what God could do in the future. And so that's why milestones become millstones sometimes. 15th anniversary of the church here. It's a great time to celebrate, thank God, for his goodness in our lives and we've done that through our worship. Uh, and we've come and we're looking. But it's also this. It's an opportunity to look forward to as well. The pastor's gone. Uh, 
We celebrate it. We mark what God has done. And we have many special memories of what has gone on here. It's impossible to pick one. Uh, you know, and I was thinking about this and thought about all the stories, the miracle of how the church came about to be here, uh, the miracle of just just not having any land and remembering going to see Diane Dodds, who was the MLA other, at that time. We, me and Pastor Roy Lee went to see Diane because we knew uh, another organisation had got free land and so we thought to ourselves, well, they're getting it, we're getting it. So we went to see Diane Dodds and said, listen, said, what do you need? He said, well, we want to build a church in the Lower Shankle. And at that point, nobody was building anything in the Lower Shankle, to be fair. And Diane Dodds said to us, you know, okay, I'll see what I can do. And three days later, me and Pastor Roy were sitting in the office of the top man in the housing executive in the whole of Northern Ireland. You knew that because his office was on the top floor. And all people who are important have their offices on the top floor. And so we sat in there and he said to us, he says, how can I help you? And we said, we want to build a church in the Lower Shankle. And he said, nobody built a church in the Lower Shankle. I said, I oh, know, we've heard that already. Like, uh, and you know, he says, where can I give you? And he gave, remember he said he, he couldn't donate the land to the to, to a church because of what it was but and we were the Living Hope charity as well and so we got the land that the building sits on free of charge and you know just as a miracle from God it was just one of the many miracles remember a businessman who was a friend of Pastor Royce came out about four days before the church was due to open on the Saturday night and we literally ran out of money well we literally had no money to start with it's impossible to run out of what you don't have and he looked around and he says, there's no tarmac down on the car park. I was getting out of the way on the car park. No tarmac down. And he said, don't worry about it. That afternoon, he paid £18,000 into the church bank account. And that paid for the tarmac, tarmac to go down on the car. And it's just miracle after miracle, a story after story of what God has done. And all of that is a miracle as far as the building is concerned. And if I try to pinpoint sort of the highlight and all of that and I remember thinking this though it's never about the big events that we put on said it was probably summed up to me the other week when somebody came to me after a Tuesday night Bible study and we had done the previous month the Bible study on forgiveness and they had said that that Bible study had challenged them so much they made a phone call to somebody to apologize for something that had happened many years ago and caused a falling out. And they said God had done such a work in their heart that was, obviously the Bible study was a part of that. And you know, they just shared with me at the door just that difference that God makes in somebody's life. And I thought to myself, that's the highlights. The highlights are the individual people. It's not about the big numbers and we've had some great events and we've, people sitting out there and it's been full. It's just about the individuals, the people you sit with and they give their life to the Lord and you're present at that moment. You know, those people who come and they've things they're dealing with in their life and you pray and encourage them. And then further down the line, you see God answer their prayer. It really is just about the individual. Those, for me, have been the highlights. Those, for me, and you can't name names, but you know what I'm talking about. The opportunity just to sit with people, 
to give God the opportunity to do something in somebody's life. Uh, and so that's, uh, that, that, that's really the highlight for me. I'm sure everybody would have their different highlight of things that, that would happen. But I remember being challenged by this quote that's going to come up. Uh, I heard it at a conference a few years ago and it really came back to me really for this morning. It said, if your dreams are bigger than your memories, you have a future. And I thought, what a powerful quote that is for where we are. Not just to look back, because it's important to look back, celebrate what's happened, but to really to look forward to see that our best days are ahead of us in God. That God has so much more to do. There's not an accident that you're here, that we're here, that the building is here. It says that really our best is yet to come. Uh, a thriving church um, doing the work of God by preaching the word of God on a mission from God. Because we're the people of God. And I just thought when I read that, I thought if my dreams or if your dreams are bigger than your memories, you have a future. There was one place in scripture where the word living hope is used and it's our reading this morning uh, because you know there, there is a special uh, attachment to the name of living hope because we've always said that we provide help and hope. It says we've always wanted to be a church that helps people practically but primarily we want to help people spiritually because you want to lead people to Jesus. We want to show people their life can be changed by Jesus Christ and so that's why our slogan has always been uh, providing help and hope or to provide help and hope but it comes from a verse living hope in 1 Peter 1 verse 3 to 5 which we're going to read and I'm just going to share a few thoughts on it this morning just to encourage us on the journey that we are on the apostle Peter is writing to Christians in various parts of Asia Minor they're being persecuted because of their faith and he simply is writing a letter to encourage them with the truth of who they are in Christ. Children of God, with every reason to rejoice in their salvation that they have here and now, but also to look forward to the future glory that is theirs in eternity. And he urges them to live like the holy ones of God. They are making a difference in the places that they are. It may feel like sometimes that they're not, but Peter is writing to them to encourage them to say, stay where you are. And says, do the work of God. God has a reason for you being there. Be obedient to what God has called you uh, to do. And I thought it's very appropriate for where we are as a church uh, today. And 1 Peter 1 verse 3 to 5 says this. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter comes 
really right off the bat, right off the opening here, to encourage the people. He's not writing a lot of uh, goff to start with, to be honest with you. He's getting straight in there to encourage the people who are challenged and persecuted and are finding trouble and trials in the circumstances that they're facing. And he simply, within a few verses, he says to them, he said, listen, praise be to God the Father. He said, listen, in his great mercy... He has given us a living hope. But what is a living hope? See, when Peter considered the salvation of God, his immediate response was just simply to praise God. That's what it's about. We're here as a people who praise God. Anything else we do as a church is secondary. We want when people come into this door to say, there's a people who worship God. We're not arguing about God. We're not discussing God. We're not laying out uh, theological and doctrinal arguments towards why people should be Christians. We're coming and we're worshipping God and we're proclaiming the message of God. And this moves Peter so much because actually he simply understands this. He says, actually, he says the motive for everything is simply the mercy that God has shown uh, each of the people that he's writing to. Everything that we have and everything that has happened, everything that we've done, is simply because of the mercy and the grace that as God has shown each and every one of you. I don't know where you were 15 years ago. Some of you in here might not uh, have been born then. I said some of you might have been very young. Uh, some of you were younger. Uh, and, you know, you don't know where you were 15, but you look at just how everything has changed in your life over these last 15 years. Who you knew then, who you know now, uh, the journey that you've been on, uh, maybe as far as uh, your employment and the other things that you've done. Look how much your life has changed. But the one consistency in your life is the grace that God has shown you. That has never changed. It says from that point then to this point now, it says we have a God who we could worship then because of his mercy and his grace and we have a God, the same God with the same mercy and the same grace that we worship now. You see, we come today and we don't just have hope. It says we have a living hope. That's what it talks about in this verse. We know because I've said this before, excuse me, that... Hope means a feeling of expectation, a desire for a particular thing to happen. I hope England win the World Cup. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> that's hope. Some of you would say that's blind hope, but that doesn't matter. It says we're there. So when we talk about biblical hope, it's a confident expectation, a firm assurance in something. He says, we must never confuse the two, that we have a hope that sort of, oh, well, I hope this happens, I hope God does this. Listen, our hope is a confident expectation, a firm assurance. In the original word for hope in this passage, it means an eager, confident expectation. It's the hope of a believer. It's not only living, but it's lively. The translation is almost as hope lives on. We are a people of hope. It says it should be evident in our lives that we have not just hope, but the living hope. You see, the problem is out there in the world, there is this empty dead hope. But we have this living hope. It's energising, it's alive, it's active. 
in the life of a believer. We live with great expectation because our living hope originates from a living, resurrected saviour because Peter declares that. He says his living hope is Christ Jesus resurrected. That's why we have hope today. He says, and actually somebody had said this, they said, they said the living Christ makes possible a living hope. It's the only thing that gives hope. The only thing that gives us the living hope is knowing there is a living Christ, the same one that we worship today. We come to a point today where we mark time, but we go past this day because we believe that God has so much more for us as individuals, but also as a church. It would be so easy for us just to stop, to pause, to say, you know, church is good, there's lots of stuff going on, we, you know, we're helping people, you know, it's just okay, the money's coming in okay, it would, let's just sit back and rest on our laurels a little bit and just say, we're comfortable, let's enjoy the cake tonight and then let's just, we're, we're doing okay. But I don't think that's what stirs us when we've got the living hope within us. The living hope within us stirs us to say we are, we are in the middle of this community for a reason. You, you are surrounded by people that don't know Jesus Christ in your workplaces for a reason. In your schools, in your universities, that there is our mission field to reach people. And you see, people look at us and they see us because we have the living hope. The living hope may be the name of the church, that's great. But what's more important is the living hope that lives inside of me and you. And actually we carry the hope of God, the message of God that we share with people in our day-to-day -day routines, in the day-to-day -day things that we work. You see, we're born again to a living hope because we have a saviour who has given us eternal life because he has conquered death himself. He says our living hope, it tells us, is three things. He says it's imperishable, it's unspoiled, and it's unfading of all the temporary things you can have in your life at the moment. He says there is one thing that is imperishable, unspoiled, and unfading, and it's the living hope. It's Christ himself in our lives. You see, when it's imperishable, it simply means uh, something that can't be destroyed by an invading army. It would be so easy just to give up and go. The most sobering conversation I had about church uh, with Roy and a friend of mine from Bible College called Ian Winter way back in 2002, 2003. And my friend Ian, he says after he'd left college, become one of these management consultants, like top of the game, like people at Sainsbury's and uh, British Aerospace, all these would bring him in and you know, he's one of the guys with the flip chart and does all of that and gets you all thinking. It was really top of the game and he came here to preach in the old church one Sunday and he said on the Monday he would give me and Roy a few hours to, to evaluate church, to talk about church. And so at that point, I thought this is a great idea. On that Monday morning after I finished with him, it was a terrible idea. <laughs> because he asked all these horrible questions that sobered us up in a sense and made us evaluate. And the most important question he asked was this, if your church wasn't here in this community, would it make any difference? Oof. You know, the honest answer, if I'm being totally honest with you, was it wouldn't. 
we'd go. If we left, maybe a month after, you know, people would be upset, and then maybe a month then it would twist, churches come and go. And I remember just that feeling of leaving, leaving the conversation we'd had for a few hours. And even though there was flip chart paper everywhere, that was the only thing I remembered. We would not make any difference if we left this community. But actually, we turned it on its head because from that point we decided, actually, you know what? They said, we could sell the old church and move out to a greenfield site and not be disturbed by any of the young hooligans and hoods and all of this that do stuff. We could do that, but we didn't want to do that. It says we wanted to make a difference in the community that we believed that God had placed us in. So from that point, we just changed everything that we did. But just whether it was dedications, whether it was just, you used to be able to get your birthday parties free in the old church hall. We start charging for them now, I'm sorry about that. He <laughs> says that's the move of God as he progresses. <laughs> but we just tried to do everything, just simply to try and reach people in the community that God had placed us in. I mean, it was so benign, and if you're part of the journey, many people are part of the journey. There were challenges because, boy, there always is when you throw open the doors and say to people, come and take a seat with the rest of us, and everybody brings in their baggage, and suddenly you're like, oh my goodness, these people are coming in now. And you know when people are coming in to church and you don't know them and you don't trust them because nobody leaves their handbags on the seats anymore. Because uh, well, we don't know them, we're not sure what they're going to do, so you keep hold of everything, you don't put your phone down anywhere. He says, but we had to do that. And that was the sobering part of what, because not that we believed we were here to be a church, we were here, believed that we were here to be a church here. That's the key. We believed that we were to be a church here, in this community, in this place. I remember praying and we, we wanted to get this land in the middle of the community. Because when the floodlights are on, it's the brightest light in the community. And so it should be. It says as it lit up and people see and people from outside will comment and say, there's something on there again every night. And you know, I thought about this as, as it's gone on just these last couple of months. I mean, if you're in church on Monday night, you know, there, there were people there who were suffering grief. Our church provides something that helps them and meets their need. In church on Tuesday morning, the Star Ross group meets to help people with the difficulties and the issues of life that they're dealing with. If you were here on Thursday night, there were kids pouring slime over leaders in the name of Jesus and all of that <laughs> because it was a messy games night. And the parents were raising money for the work of the church and then the youth were meeting afterwards. I, I know the slideshow doesn't show everything. I wish it could. You know, I wish we could just say to you everything, that the furniture that goes out to help people, the food that goes out to help people, the baby stuff that goes out to help people, just everything that goes out to help people. But also, not only that, the message that goes out to change people's lives. There is no power within us to do that, but just the power of him. And long may that continue. Long may that be the most important thing that we do, that whatever else happens, it's what we do from here is the most important. Because it's a power of God that changes people's lives. And, you know, every time I look out and see an empty seat, I pray, Lord, fill that seat with somebody who's not here yet, who's not given their life to you yet. We're bringing Heaven's Gates in February and our prayer as we're praying at the moment is Lord save the people that come in to church 
you know, save the people that come in on a Sunday night. So people get prayed for after church. And he says, and you could probably tell a little bit, I'm probably more excited about the future than I am about the past. I've loved the past. I've loved being part of everything that God has done. And I think it's great. I think it's fantastic and I thank God for it. But boy, am I excited about the future. I'm excited about what God is going to do, the lives of our children and our young people. Pastor Reese is preaching tonight. There's a reason he's preaching. He says, three years after this church opened, he gave his heart to the Lord and he got saved in the back room there after youth weekend. He then went off to Bible college and now he's pastoring in the church. There's a reason why the church exists here. Just one of them. Don't want to blow his head up too much, like, but you know, it just, <laughs> there's one of them. You know, there's one of them. And the same as Rebecca Usual come and share tonight about the children's work and what they're doing. Because our future has to be more exciting than our past. It has to be. Otherwise, we may as well just say, you know, we've done enough, let's just sit comfortably. We don't want to do that. Peter challenges the readers, as he says, and it ties in with us. Our mission, our purpose, our responsibility is not just to be living hope, but to tell people about the living hope. He who can save them and change them because he loves them. That's it, isn't it? It's that message that changed my life one day. It's that message that changed your life one day. Might have been that message to change your life in the last 15 years. And we want that message to change more people's lives over these next 15 years. It says, as we all get older together, do we celebrate more milestones and stuff? It'll be to look back and say, look what God has done. Because our best days are ahead of us. Three quick points to finish with. The first one is this, not just living hope in name, but living hope in nature and proclamation. It is who we are as a people. It's what we have within us as we proclaim to the people. The power of Jesus Christ still changes people's lives today. I don't know anything else that does. The same problem that man has always had is still evident today. There is no other cure for sin other than Jesus Christ. And so therefore, we're not just living hope in name, but we're living hope in nature and proclamation. But because of that, our lives must be centred on the hope of our salvation. It says this is the hope that we talk about. It's not, we're not giving people anything else. We're not making it easy for them. This is the hope of our salvation. It's a living hope that lives within us. The living hope is Jesus Christ. As Peter declares it to the readers, as they read that, they open that letter up and it says, here's a word of encouragement straight off the bat. Praise be to God. We're blessed because of his mercy, because of the living hope that is ours in Jesus Christ, who is our resurrected saviour. Imagine the people reading that uh, and they're sitting there and, and they're reading it, the letter from Peter. And it's not, you know, we're thinking of you. Uh, we hope everything's okay. We hope you're not getting persecuted too much. All of that stuff is nice. 
But Peter sends them something that's going to make a difference in their life and in their situation. Let me tell you about the mercy of God. It's worth singing about. Let me tell you about the living hope that is the resurrected Saviour that you need to tell people about. I said, he is with you through every step of the way. You're being persecuted. You're finding trouble. You're in the middle of trials. He is with you. He is the living hope. And how true is that message of us today as we sit here, whatever we are going through today, he still is our living hope. He is by our side, he's with us through everything that we are facing. That's how it is for him to be centred on our lives because he's the hope of our salvation as well. And if you've lost your hope today, rediscover it. There is no hope in anything else. He is the hope. He is the living hope. And so my final point as I come to it, he is the God of hope. And we are the people of hope. He says we have that hope that proclaims. He says we don't want to be a miserable, unlively people. We want to be a church. When people come into our church, I make comments like, I can't believe how lively it is. I can't believe how welcoming it is here. I can't believe how exciting that, that it is here because there was an atmosphere, there's a buzz about the place. That's a good thing, you know that. that that's actually a good thing. That's something actually we should look at and say, thank you God for doing that. You know what it draws people to come back again. It draws people to come back because we want to draw people to come back because they won't get saved unless they hear the gospel. So we've got to keep that. And so we've got to make sure that we are the people of hope because he is the God of hope. And so that should be the thing that's ever done in our lives to, to people. We have a hope because he is the God of hope and we are the people of hope. So the promise of our inheritance is certain because we're kept by the power of God through our faith. So we endure through faith in Christ Jesus through everything that we face. The living hope that we have, and if I ask the worship team to join me on uh, the platform... A living hope is anchored in the past. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. A living hope is anchored in the presence. Jesus Christ is alive today. And our living hope is an anchor for the future. Jesus promises eternal life. Our living hope also enables us to live without hope and without despair as we encounter the suffering and the trials that we face. We move on today. We celebrate what God has done in the past. We thank him for what he's doing today. But we look forward to the expectation and the hope that there is to come in the future. And you see, if you're sitting here today and in your life you've got something that you just feel, you know, I've just given up here. It's just despair. I just, I can't see the way out. I can't see the answer anywhere. Listen, let me tell you this morning, he is the God of hope. And we are the people of hope today. And we have hope because he is the God of hope. He has placed the living hope inside of each and every one of us. And we can hold on to that today. If I would finish with this, it would just simply, dear God, thank you for the past, for what you have done. Thank you for the present, for what you are doing. Thank you for the future, for what you're going to do. Let us pray. Father, we come before you today. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for all that you're doing. 
and thank you for all that you're going to do. We anchor our church and our lives in the living hope that is your resurrected Son, Jesus Christ, and declare that we are the people of hope today because you are the God of hope. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
God, we thank you for this time spent in your presence. We thank you for this milestone to remember your goodness and your faithfulness to us over the last 15 years. God, we pray as our pastor has brought this word this morning that God, you would be with us as we step forward into the future for the plans that you have for us. God, we are excited to see what you will do in this building. We are excited to see what you will do through your people and through this community, God. So God, we pray that you would just help us to align with you and your word and what you have for us in these next years and having hope. God, we thank you for everything that you have done for us. We pray you will bring us back safely again this evening. In the name of your precious son, Jesus. Amen.